Hey everyone, welcome back to Fast Pasta Fridays. I'm Carrie. And I'm Devin. And today we're talking about Enneagrams and which Enneagram type each princess is. Yay! So exciting. <laughs> I love the Enneagram test and everything that it is and everything that it's given me so far. And I've learned so much about myself. Um, and I'm sure you have as well, Carrie. Yeah, so let's get started. Let's do it. Okay, so what is an Enneagram? So the Enneagram is a system of personality typing that describes patterns in how people conceptualize the world and manage their emotions. The Enneagram model describes nine different personality types and maps out each type on a diagram, which helps illustrate how the types relate to one another. So like I said, there's nine of those. And basically, the diagram is a circle, and then it looks to be as if there's a triangle in the middle. And the circle at the top is number nine, and then it's followed by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in a clockwise fashion. And... There's also wings. So the wings represent how each personality type is related to one another and how you can transition into other facets um, and how we're able to develop ourselves by recognizing that we have wings and different traits and personalities that come out over time and how we manage our thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) if you didn't know what it was, there's a quick crash course on what an Enneagram is. Um, And if you guys have never heard of these before, you probably don't know what type you are. Um, There's a really fast, like 10 minutes, around 60 questions test that you can take. You can just look it up. Um, And if you don't know what Enneagram type you are, I would say pause this and go take that test really quick because – it, it'll probably be a little bit more fun and easier to follow along with if you know what type you are. Yeah, I think we took we took the free one. I know there's one that goes uh, more in depth, which is on like EnneagramInstitute.com. But if you go on, we did the one, I believe, on Truidity or Truity.com. It's T-R-U-I-T-Y.com. Um, or you can just Google Enneagram and have that one will be one of the first searches to pop up. Um, that one is free. And like Carrie said, it takes around 10 minutes, 15 minutes if you're really, really digging deep. Um, but <laughs> fairly easy questions. But um, and I think it's like on a scale of inaccurate or accurate. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's like up one to five um, scale. And you can basically just answer those. It'll go through. And then at the end, it'll give you a percentage of like the highest percentage number that you are is basically your Enneagram type. Um, and you can actually, it gives you a breakdown of each number and each type. Um, and you can see how much or how little of each one you are, or if you do wing, not everyone wings, some people are completely one number. Um, but you know, you will see, and you will notice as we talk about this, that there are certain traits in the other types that you can recognize in yourself. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. um, And this is the thing is like, This is not, you know, 
end all be all. You are not one thing always. No. You're like you're always growing, you're always changing. That's pretty obvious. So you can change from one enneagram type to another. I think it really just it flows with how you like mature as a person and in the stage of life that you're in. So that's the fun thing is that you know, I took this test last week and I can retake it in a year and maybe I'll be someone completely different. I don't know where I'll be in a year. And I think that's more fun. And I don't know, you're able to just kind of like see yourself change in, in this kind of like test result. So I don't know. I think this will be fun. I mean, Devin and I know what types we are. So we'll be talking about that after we go through um, what each type is and the characteristics they all hold. Yeah, and I know like the it's becoming hugely popular today. It's been around for quite some time. Like the history of it dates back to ancient Greece and um I think it came over to the Americas in the 1950s or maybe earlier, but today the Enneagram model is it's basically and the test is mostly used for personal self-knowledge, um business development, emotional intelligence and really deep self-awareness. So, I found that I've already grown through just recognizing all of my little quirks within my type. But it's interesting because it really does help your development and your spiritual growth and your relationships to others and their types. And you find out a lot about yourself. And like Carrie said, you can grow from it and you can actually start to wing off, if you will, and become other types. So it's really interesting. And we will uh, we'll, we'll dive in. Yeah. So if you don't know what type you are, pause this, go take the <laughs> test, and welcome back, everybody, if you did pause it. so <laughs> And so now we're going to go through, you know, the, there's nine types. Um, we'll go through each type and a, maybe give like a little bit of a brief, what are each of these types? You can definitely read up more on each of these, especially like the ones that you are more in line with, but we'll just do a brief overview of each one. And then we're going to go into what, in our opinion, each type of Enneagram the Disney princesses are. That's so exciting. And don't come at us. We um, we tried our best to do this right. But if you have any differing opinions, please let us know. We'd love to hear any comments or questions you have. And like we had mentioned before, this is just for fun. And we hope to give you guys some deeper insight into the Enneagram. Yeah. Okay, so type one is also known as the perfectionist. So the perfectionist places a lot of emphasis on following the rules and doing things the right way. Um, ones are known to have a strong sense of right and wrong, but they struggle with impatience. Their biggest fear is becoming or acting any kind of corrupt, and their biggest desire is to have a great deal of integrity and be a generally good person. Typically, they're organized, ethical, and they strive to improve everything around them, including themselves. Um, okay, so type two is known as the giver. Um, the giver is known to be extremely helpful and even sacrifice their own needs for the needs of others. Givers are typically friendly, very sincere, and empathetic. Twos long to be loved and often find ways to be helpful in order to be liked. A two's biggest fear is being unwanted and unworthy of love. So they long to feel included and like they belong. Um, and I think maybe let's just pepper in what types we are while we go along. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah. So actually, what's actually fun is that I got two. I was a 98% match with the giver. Um, and then after reading a little bit more about it, I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. Yep. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny because I'm 98% match too, and I am a 97% match with type 7, which we'll get into more later. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a big wing if I ever saw one. <laughs> well, Carrie, you're definitely a giver. Carrie, I'm sure those of you who don't know Carrie personally, but have known us through this podcast or Zippity Tees, um, Carrie is extremely giving and just fun to be around always. So that makes Aww. total sense. Oh, shucks. <laughs> She's blushing. You're making you me can't yeah, I was literally just gonna say you're making me blush. <laughs> um, I'm nine, so we're gonna wait a little while to get to that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we'll get there and then we'll talk more about me. Okay. Um, type three. So type three is also known as the achiever, and three strive to be successful and really admired by others. Um, achievers tend to be workaholics and pretty competitive. Their dream is success and all things that come with it. They're also considered to be driven, like very success oriented, as I mentioned earlier, and pretty self-assured. Um, type four is the individualist. The individualist is typically sensitive, creative, and they strive to be very unique. Fours want to live an authentic life and are highly attuned to their emotional experiences and may even be dramatic at times. Um, fours might have a problem with self-pity and they fear personal insignificance. Okay, type five. So type five is also known as the investigator. They're known to be pretty innovative, but also isolative. They're perceptive and they seek a deeper understanding of the world around them and tend to be pretty independent too. They're alert, cautious, and investigators fear just being helpless and being incapable. They really wish to be a competent human being. Type six is the skeptic. Sixes seek safety and are likely to be prepared for any problems that may come up. Um, skeptics are committed, they are often responsible and can be anxious and fear lack of support or guidance. They tend to be cautious individuals and quite indecisive, but they also long for security and constant support. Okay, type seven. So this is <laughs> the other part of me. <laughs> um, type seven is known as the enthusiast. These are the people who seek as much fun and adventure as possible. Sevens are fun-loving and spontaneous, but also easily distracted and can be scatterbrained. And in my opinion, that's pretty accurate for me. <laughs> um, sevens can easily get bored and have a problem with impulsiveness. They fear being deprived and they really just wish to be content and have all their needs fulfilled. Interesting. Um, okay, type eight. Type eight is known as the challenger. The challenger sees themselves as a strong and powerful individual and they're not afraid to stand up for what they believe in. Eights can be categorized as self-confident, decisive, and powerful. They sometimes have a problem with their temper and are afraid of being controlled by others, which makes total sense. They wish to be in charge of their own destiny above all. Okay, finally, type nine. This is Devin, guys. <laughs> we made it. Um, yeah, we made it. Um, so type nine is known as the peacemaker. These are the people who are likely to keep a low profile and let those around them set the agenda. The peacemaker is trusting, stable, creative, and very supportive. Peacemakers want everything to go as smoothly as possible around them and will probably do whatever they can to keep the peace. Nines tend to fear great loss and desire a peace of mind. I mean, <laughs> again, for those of you that don't know Devin personally, 
This is pretty accurate, except I disagree. I don't think that you let everyone around you set the agenda. I think you're pretty you're pretty good about taking the lead if you need to. I, mean, I yeah, it depends honestly on the people that I'm with. What what else is kind of different about the nine is that my emotions take on the emotions of the people around me. Like that's why I'm so mm-hmm. easy to get along with is I kind of I don't really overshadow anyone. I don't take the spotlight. I kind of sit back and let like feed off of others. Um, yep, accurate. Yeah. Accurate about you. But yep. I do <laughs> very accurate. Um, but I do like for instance planning Disney trips. I am very I'm very much the planner and I need to make sure, but I think it makes sense because I want everything to be very peaceful and go as calmly right. and smoothly as possible. So that's why I plan literally weeks, if not months in advance for certain things. And then I feel like everything is in my control, even though I do, I am okay with going along with what others want. I do seek that amount of control just because I would hate to miss out on anything. And I do fear great loss. That's probably like one of my biggest downfalls. And also I tend to be overlooked just because I can sit back and let others, you know, take the lead or the spotlight, like I said. But it's not a bad thing. So what's cool about the Enneagrams is it gives you a lot of strengths that you have as an individual, but also some of your greater weaknesses. But what's cool is Mm -hmm. by looking through it and really identifying what those weaknesses are, you can actually become the best version of yourself by really being self-aware and fulfilling what those needs are and what you need to develop as a human being in order to become you know, your highest self. So I think that's where it differs from other personality types. Like we all used to take those Cosmo quizzes and it would tell you, oh, you're, you're mainly A's, you're B's, you're C's. And it's so funny because- Yeah, the, don't deny it. No, there's no denying it. We all flipped to the back of the book and we all did those. Um, but it's funny because as the peacemaker, I just go in so many different directions um, that I was never like typically all A's. I was like two A's. I was three B's and C. It just never, I stopped taking them because I was like, what the heck? I, I go in so many different directions. And then since I'm a nine, I sit at the top of the diagram. So nines actually have a bunch of traits from each of the other ones, which makes total sense because I had the highest percentage of a nine, but I also had a lot of like similar traits from other ones in very um, specific like percentages that weren't too far off from each other. Like I wasn't like a distinctive 90% and like 5% another one. So it's very interesting to see, but it makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing is like, I think they're accurate. And of course, like every, they'll have the critics that are like, oh, it's accurate because you're trying to make it fit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that's the thing about Enneagram is that you know, different from like me being a Pisces, it's it's not like I'm not stuck in this one thing. Like you said, there's percentages and right. you can see all of these different types in yourself and you can apply them and you can pick all these things out. And really it's not, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's not an end all be all. This is for, you know, our ability to kind of like learn more about ourselves. And even if you don't think it agrees with you, I think it still kind of gives you that opportunity to, to like look back at yourself and then kind of think, well, what do I identify with? Like, and then, you know, maybe if you identify as something else, you know, that description and those problems and kind of, you know, figure out more about yourself. I think it's just, it's honestly, and it's a fun tool. It's something fun to do and relate to other people with and just kind of talk about. I mean, hey, we're making a whole podcast episode about them. They're pretty popular now. Of course, we're tying Disney in because we have to, obviously. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, well, you know, and it's just like it's so much more insightful because 
it's basically exposing who you are. And like, typically when you do these fun little tests, it's like, oh, you're so great in this area. You're the best here. But like this one, it's like the best and the worst about you. And to Mm -hmm. fully really like know your worst, you know, traits, inner feelings or how like, you know, you are with something in a certain area, the more you can like dive into it and understand it, the better you'll be on the upswing, you know? So right. I think that's the unique part about it and probably why it beca- it's become so much more popular and buzzworthy. Um, and it's also cool because normally when I take other tests, like I'm just happy with like my response and what I'm given as a result. But like I literally read through mine and then I was like, what are the other ones? I want to learn about those too. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Carrie and I both did that for this podcast, but also because we were just really generally curious to learn about the other types and how that can fit in with how we are as humans. So yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. <laughs> so that's like um, just a little bit about, you know, each type of Enneagram and then a little bit about like us, I guess, as people and what we are. <laughs> um, nice to meet but, you folks. <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you all. <laughs> and also if you guys took the test, um, definitely comment on our post. We'll post something on Instagram or you can share it to your story. Let us know what Enneagram type you are. We would love to hear. Yeah. And what you and thought if you of think the it's accurate. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. We want to hear what you think or if you, you know, got a certain type but you think you're partially another, like let us know. Yeah, we're curious just as much as we are about like ours. We want to know everybody else's that's listening to us. Exactly. All right, let's get down to business. What we really are, yeah, business. Let's get down to what we're really here for. Um, yeah, so Devin and I sat down before we are recording this thing and we went through all of the Disney princesses um, and kind of tried to assign different types for mm-hmm. each of them. And here's the thing, like we keep reiterating, like not everyone is just one type. So, <laughs> I mean, we may have labeled, you know, a princess more one type, but we've added a couple other ones. Like, for example, throughout the movie, like Rapunzel kind of changes and we added, I think, one, two, three, four, like five types to her name. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah so, she, I mean, everybody in the movie just kind of like evolves throughout their story. So we just kind of tried to throw some types in there that we thought fit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so let's start talking. <laughs> yeah. And um, I know I mentioned this before, but these are our opinions. These are our thoughts. So, you know, just, just remember that. Feel free to disagree. Mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> agree to disagree. Um, or totally agree. Totally up to you. <laughs> That's acceptable too. <laughs> Okay, so let's start with Snow White. I'm not going to lie. It's been a while since I watched some of these movies, and I definitely rewatched some of them on Disney Plus for this for this podcast. I had to I had to like kind of go over like who are these girls again. Um, but yeah, Snow White. So we mainly labeled Snow White as a type two. And to remind you all, type two is the giver. Um, we picked type two mainly because she's so giving, she's so friendly and empathetic and was really helpful and attentive to the seven dwarves, if you remember. Yeah, she's definitely a helper. I mean, obviously we all know that fun scene where they're cleaning up their little dwarf cottage and she's sweeping (laughs) the broom around and they're dancing with the forest animals and it's so cute. 
Um, but yeah, one of her main traits is kindness um, and compassion. So, and ultimately, you know, it's her kindness and pure heart that gets her through to the final act and gets her ultimately to her Prince Charming. Yeah. And I mean, um, type twos want to be loved. And throughout the whole movie, she's just wanting to be loved and feel loved and belong. And um, Such a trait of a helper. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, mainly we were like, oh, she's probably a type two. But then we also thought maybe she's part type six. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you guys remember, type six is the skeptic. But skeptics tend to seek safety. And they are kind of anxious. And, you know, throughout the movie, she's scared of the evil queen. She seeks shelter with the seven dwarves. So we thought, well, maybe that's a little wing for her. Yeah, and she's definitely cautious, um, you know, and a little bit um, closed off at times. But ultimately, I think one of her more endearing traits is she's very upbeat and just very generous. And, you know, like we said, it ends on a happy note because she stays true to herself. And, yeah, she's ultimately a giver. And so those people always win out in the end, you guys, okay? Okay, Cinderella. Love me some Cindy because she is me. <laughs> um, I definitely identify with Cinderella the most. So we said um, two and nine also because obviously um, courage and kindness. So definitely a two. But I feel mostly a nine just because, you know, she's the protagonist and everything, but she has so much humility. And even though her stepsisters – and her stepmother, you know, keep bashing her and everything. She still stays very true to them and very helpful and just kind of holds her values in. Um, and I'm very much like that where I let my emotions sit deep within me. And, you know, eventually she literally transforms, you know, out of rags to riches, basically, um, and becomes the queen she was always meant to be. But it's because of her humility. She stays grounded and she's very easygoing and agreeable, but at the same time, she takes that complacency and ultimately ends up in this powerful position, which I would love to see for myself eventually. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. She is pretty type nine, um, and remember, type nine's the peacemaker. Um, yeah, all the stuff that happens to her throughout the movie, she just wants everything to stay smooth and you know, they treat her so badly and she just kind of takes it and runs with it and kind of is, you know, like Devin said, like she's the protagonist of the story, but she sees herself more as a background Mm -hmm. character, which is what the peacemaker really is. And yeah, and definitely a two, like she cares for everybody and even, you know, the little creatures in the house, the animals, the mice, definitely a nine and a two. Yeah, and she may seem like a doormat because I know sometimes I feel, I feel like a doormat. But it's just because I don't really have like I feel like a higher belief system over anyone else, so I really take in what everyone has to say. Um, but I also think it's interesting how for me, like the biggest worry I have is just like a sense of loss and Cinderella loses both her parents and yet she's able to maintain you know, her kindness and courage and everything throughout all of types uh, or life's tough, you know, choices that she's given. And she maintains, you know, staying true to herself. So 
love Cinderella. I'm so glad I identify with her. So if you're a peacemaker out there, number nine, you are Cinderella and you are beautiful. And I love, <laughs> love her ball gown and the fact that she gets to ride in a pumpkin carriage. Cause I'm, well, it's not a pumpkin like while wow, it's a carrot. <laughs> but I wouldn't be against it because I am basic and I love me some pumpkin. We've discussed this in other podcasts. Oh, <laughs> uh, somehow you just have to work food in here, even though the topic is nowhere near anything. Also, any other twos out there who are gluten-free, shout out. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want to know if there is a podcast that we haven't mentioned gluten-free. <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> uh, you made sure about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to Aurora, a.k.a. Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, we threw her as a four. Yeah, she's definitely an individualist. Sensitive, withdrawn. I mean, the girl doesn't even know her true identity. Um, but she's also expressive and you can tell she just wants to be loved. You know, she's out there with the forest animals dancing around, pretending to be with her Prince Charming. So she's very romantic and fours tend to be generally very romantic and cheerful and naturally graceful. Yeah. And fours want to, you know, live an authentic life. She wants to find that love. She wants to be, you know, happily ever after. Okay, um, Jasmine. So this is one of the princesses that we listed a couple for. Um, we started out with a type eight. And if you remember, type eight is the challenger. Um, she definitely challenges. I mean, she wants to take, you know, leadership. She wants to go against what is normal and wants to really have that responsibility, even as a woman. Yeah. I mean, I love Jasmine, I think. And it's interesting, too, because she does present herself as powerful and decisive and very self-confident in the animated film. But we get to also see her in the live action adaption now. And they give her so much more meaningfulness. And it really speaks to her character as a challenger, I think, because she really does stand up for what she believes in. And it's funny because I feel like those people around her that think they know her best don't see her as an eight. But towards the end of the movie, she really comes into her own being and speaks up for herself. And I love her song Speechless in the new movie. Right. Um, So we also labeled her a four, an individualist. Yeah, I mean, she definitely senses the need to be unique. I could also see maybe a little bit of maybe an... Enthusiast, because she's adventurous, but at the same time, she's held back by the walls of her palace. So mm-hmm. I feel her like she wants to move in that direction and move into the direction of an eight and be both. Um, but mm-hmm. her yeah. her intelligence and courage is what really gets her through, and I think is a good pairing with Aladdin. And she just wants to marry for love, you know, and mm-hmm. above all, be an equal counterpart to her partner. So I really like that about her. Okay. Rapunzel. <laughs> There's a lot here. Um, <laughs> she definitely evolves a lot throughout the movie. We labeled her as an enthusiast, a type seven. Mm-hmm. Um Definitely because she wants that adventure. She wants to go see those floating lanterns. She wants to, you know, go out and see the world, even though 
she really can't. She's stuck up in that tower. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, that part of her that's also type nine, the peacemaker, is that she doesn't want to stay up there, but she listens because she doesn't want to cause any trouble. Yeah, and we also see, what do we say, a six and, um, well, we said seven already, and a I think Six, five, five, and two. Yeah. Well, five because she's so innovative um, and creative. But also... <laughs> yeah, using the frying pan as a weapon is pretty creative. <laughs> <in my> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then how she hangs from her hair and paints at the same time is just pretty innovative to me as well. <laughs> um, but she's also um, perceptive and in the beginning very isolated from the world. But overall, she wants to be that adventurous, fun, loving girl and go see the lanterns and kind of explore her reality and see what else is out there. Um, So basically, Rapunzel is just the definition of going out of your comfort zone. Right. And, you know, she's a little bit of a type six, a skeptic, because she... Mm -hmm is curious about what's going on around her. She's anxious. You know, there's that scene where she's like, I'm never going back. I want to go back. What did I do? I love it so much. So I mean, she definitely, but she wants that guidance because she has no idea what she's getting into. So, you know, enter Flynn Rider and she wants that security and that support, but she also wants to learn more about the world and is an investigator and wants that deeper understanding. And Honestly, all of the types. <laughs> Seriously, she hits a lot of them. But it's funny because like the six, you know, the, one of their um, downfalls is that they get very anxious and skeptical. But at the same time, Rapunzel is so endearing because she steps out of that type and goes forward, you know, into this new world that she's never been in. And even though she's anxious and she's going back and forth, ultimately it leads her to her ha- happily ever after. So it's really something to take away from. Mm-hmm. Okay, Moana. Moana. Okay, so we labeled her obviously as a seven. She wants adventure. She wants to go past, you know, the water. She wants to see what the sea's all about. Like she wants to go sailing. Um, so she definitely she longs for that adventure and wants to be spontaneous and wants to go you know, look at the rest of the world. So she's definitely enthusiast in that matter. Yeah. So we said seven and then an eight as well. So Moana is really the one that um, stands out to me the most is having that winging, like we had spoken about in the beginning. So she basically, Mm -hmm. you know, she's one part on the circle, but her type connects um, or is adjacent right to that eight. So the eight is the challenger because she's headstrong, she's fearless, and she's very prideful and, you know, she cares a lot about her people. So she is basically throwing herself into the unknown and is being very brave and responsible in order to keep order for her people and ultimately, um, you know, bring back peace to her world. I almost said planet to her island. (laughs) Um, And by doing that, it's, it's a scary thing, but because she's very much an adventurer, a type um, seven enthusiast. She makes it fun and worth her while. And it's just a great story. And I would like to be more like Moana personally, if I had to choose. I think she's she's great. I love her. Okay. Tiana. 
we labeled her as a type three and a type one. Mm-hmm. Definitely an achiever. She is definitely goal oriented and is self-assured and driven and really wants that success. She wants to work hard for it. Um, and she's definitely a perfectionist in that way. She wants to do it you know, the right way. She wants to work hard, follow the rules, make her money, and then achieve her dream. Yeah, I like that her dream too isn't about chasing after love or a prince. It's just a love and admiration for what her father, I believe, wasn't he the the one that wanted mm-hmm. the restaurant with her? And, you know, I won't get into this story for those of you who haven't seen it, but, you know, she wants to be strong-willed and find her identity through taking on a business. And that's ultimately her planning for the future um, and making it happen. So her dedication and cooperation and determination is what really drives the storyline for her. And I think she's a great testament to young women and how they should be in their own fairy tale. Okay, Pocahontas. Um, I think everybody can agree that she is an enthusiast. She wants adventure. She wants fun and to learn and to be spontaneous and find out, you know, what's around the riverbend. Um, <laughs> so she's also, you know, a type eight. She's a challenger. She's not afraid to stand up for what she believes in. She stood up to, you know, her whole tribe and, mm-hmm. um, throughout the movie, she really does evolve, um, and we also labeled her a type five, an investigator. You know, she wants that deeper understanding of the world around her. She wants to be independent. She's very alert um, and really wants to be, you know, a competent human being and learn what other people know. Bell. Bell. Type four and type five. Yeah, so we all know Belle is a little bit more of an introvert, I think, at least in the live action adaption of her um, character. But she's also innovative and she's super loyal um, and very loyal to her values too as a human being. But she's also accepting and seeks to be understood. Um, But I love that she really stands up for herself against Beast and then eventually finds solace in their companionship. And she, of course, this obviously goes back to her being very understanding, but she's also very outspoken. So I think those are two very admirable traits of a princess. Right. Definitely independent towards the end. Um, Even though she does find love, like you said, it's more of a partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely, you know, strives to be unique. She's not afraid of her, you know, not sharing the interests like the rest of the town around her, you know, she wants to pursue what she likes. She loves to read. She's not afraid of it. She knows she's different and she doesn't want to hide that. Mm -hmm. I would also say I could see maybe a little perfectionist in her reformer, number one, just because Mm -hmm. she is rational and idealistic, but at the same time, you know, she does seek and yearn for that adventure. So she probably wants to be more, you know, more like an enthusiast, because she's bored easily. So she moves on from book to book. And then once she finds Beast, it's like, like you said, it's the perfect partnership and they work well together to bring each other that peace that they were yearning for. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to like confess this really quick. I have not seen Frozen 2. So we're going to base. (laughs) You're out of the podcast. You're done. I'm sorry. You know, it just, it was never a good time for me to make it to 
the movies and now I'm just waiting for it to, I don't know, get on Disney Plus or DVD and then I'll get there. Okay. I'll get there. The songs, I still know the songs. The songs are good. Um, but we are going to base Anna and Elsa on the first movie for my sake. <laughs> I'll, I'll mention a little in this. I won't go into detail about the second movie, but Elsa is ultimately the one that has, I think, the biggest transition out of I know she's a queen technically, but out of all of the princesses, I think she really is like, I don't know, a catalyst for change, if you will. Okay. Anna. Anna. We categorized her as type two. And I know it's Anna, but I always just say Anna. Me too. <laughs> Flows better. Um, but yeah, so type two, we thought she was pretty much a giver. You know, she wants to be loved. She wants that happily ever after. Um, She's really friendly. She's quirky. She wants to be helpful. And she was really afraid of not finding that with somebody. You know, she was cooped up for so long and all of a sudden she has that chance to find true love and she jumps on that opportunity immediately, maybe a little bit too quick. But (laughs) That's what she wants. So she has that longing for feeling like she belongs because she really hasn't felt like that since, I don't know, before she could remember. Yeah. Pun intended. (laughs) I mean, and her whole part in the first movie is literally helping her kingdom, you know, thaw the frozen um, isolation that is Elsa (laughs) and basically bring back their queen and – thaw out winter so she helps not only Elsa but herself Olaf you know the entire kingdom and then for the second movie she does more of that but just in a more grand way and she she develops a lot as a character too um so yeah I just I think her warm nature and her enthusiastic spirit is what keeps her as one of my favorite princesses for sure Okay, so Elsa, we thought she, in the beginning of the first movie, was a peacemaker, definitely a type nine. You know, she didn't want to disrupt anything. She didn't want anybody to know about her powers. She did whatever she could to just keep it smooth. Um, But then as the movie progressed, we saw her as a type eight, a challenger. You know, she was realizing how strong and powerful of an individual she was and she wasn't afraid to, you know, let that show. Um, But, of course, you know, as mentioned earlier, the challenger sometimes has a problem with their temper and I think that was her a little bit maybe in the movie when she had her her frozen temper tantrum and made her own ice castle in the the mountains for herself. Can you imagine if all challengers had that ability? Like, boom, ice storm, (laughs) boom, shot to the frozen heart. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But yeah, and then we also um, kind of um, typed her out as a type five as well yeah mm-hmm. um, just because she was you know she isolated herself um in her little own um ice kingdom if you will up on the mountains um and she was very perceptive and just sought after a deeper meaning or understanding of 
you know, why she was put into this world and what her purpose is. And she comes to find that um, in the second movie. And it's a beautiful character transition and transformation. So if you haven't seen Frozen 2, Carrie, <clears throat> I highly <laughs> suggest not just listening to the soundtrack, but definitely going to see the movie or waiting until it's out on Disney Plus, probably within a month I, or so. I have taken the hint, okay? <laughs> I'm sure you have. I took the hint. Okay, Mulan. Mulan, which who is technically, Carrie and I were saying before, I don't think is a Disney princess per se. She's never a princess. This is the thing. I had this realization just before we started recording this and I was like, wait a minute. She's not even, like, not at all a princess. But I mean, she's still, of course, grouped into. I consider her a warrior princess. If you there will. you go. Yeah. yeah. You've definitely mentioned that before. Just like you are, a warrior princess. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I love Mulan. I definitely um I can definitely see my athletic side coming out in her as well. So I relate to that. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, I don't think personally as courageous or outspoken <laughs> as she is. I don't think I'd go into war pretending to be a man. I just I don't think I have that in me. Like I like I said before, I like to keep the peace and I do not like confrontation. So I don't know about that so much. But Mulan, we said, um, is a one, so a perfectionist. Um, a four, an individualist, and then an eight, a challenger. Once you know, people become aware that she is not a man and she is in fact a woman and that her deep love of family and commitment to um, her values shows. And you know, even though she is a woman, she is able to be powerful and dominating. And it's something unique and typically that we don't see in a woman. You know, I feel like more males are um, typed into that type eight as a challenger. So I like having her there as a number eight for sure. Right. And this is another character that really evolves throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, in the beginning, she really is this perfectionist and she wants to, you know, bring honor to her family. She wants to do the right thing, but she's too much of an individualist and, she is creative and she is different um, and she really comes to embrace that later throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, like I would say and in some point, she is kind of a peacemaker too. I mean, she's part type nine. You know, she, fears, mm -hmm. she fears that great loss. She fears the loss of her father and that's what really motivates her to become that type eight and become that challenger. Yeah, and it's interesting how she starts, you know, maybe as the one and she's following the rules and trying to, you know, be that beauty queen that they're trying to make her out to be instead of this warrior princess. And she becomes, you know, withdrawn from that. But then eventually, you know, she has that desire to be unique and fight for her family um, in her country. So she goes to war ultimately and she becomes this amazing protagonist that ends up slaying the bad guys. And she looks badass in it. I can't wait for that new movie. <laughs> I'm a little upset that Mushu's not in it and there's no singing, but I think the action and adventure part of it will make up for that, I'm hoping. Mm -hmm. They definitely switched, you know, the characters around a little bit. It's It'll definitely be interesting, a different take on something so classic and probably one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, Last but not least, mm -hmm. Ariel. Ariel. Certainly not least. Gotta love the girl. <laughs> um, we had her as a type 5 and a type 7. So 
Type five is the investigator. She is so curious about these things that she's found and she wants to learn more about the human world. She wants to have that deeper understanding and also probably a little bit of a giver too. Mm -hmm. She wants that love. She wants to feel like she belongs because she really doesn't feel like she belongs in you know, the ocean with fins. She wants to have legs. She wants to see what it's like to be a human. And then finally a type seven, because she wants that adventure. She, you know, even before she becomes a human, she's all about this adventure with flounder and going to find these new things and learn more about them. And pretty spontaneous in my opinion. Definitely. And she has like, what, seven other sisters and they all just stay in their clamshells all day. And she's out like, you know, <laughs> looking for dingle hoppers and there's giant sharks chasing her around these sunken ships. So definitely spontaneous <laughs> and um, outgoing. Flounder's the best. And I also find it really interesting how she's supposed to be, I think, like 16 in the movie. So she's like a teenager, but she knows she wants to go up on land. She wants to marry Prince Eric and she like knows what she wants in life, which is really cool. And definitely different for such, you know, a young princess. Um, but she's very headstrong, so very much like Moana in that way. And I find it funny how they're both centered around water, which is interesting. Um, and I feel like there yeah. might even be like a Disney like tie-in for the two of them. I'm not sh quite sure where it is, but I've seen articles before about how they really relate to one another or something. Um but, Interesting. Yeah, right. But I think it's also, you know, adorable how she's just like, you know, whatever with a sea witch. <laughs> it's like, take my voice, <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to go fight for this man. So I think if they're, I mean, I know they're doing that live action, but it'll be interesting to see how you can definitely see the changes they've made from animation going into live action and what they've given these princesses. So I'll be curious to see if it's really all about Prince Eric or if it's, you know, a deeper meaning for her to yeah. go up on land and like become who she wants to be and understand you know why she's meant to be where she is kind of thing yeah we're focused on her character arc yeah we are mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like I feel like she deserves more just because she is so fun and I love the songs I hope it's good <laughs> they better keep the songs for Ariel yeah oh yeah they better keep the songs they have for to I was like, thank God they did that for Beauty and the Beast. Like they kept everything pretty true to form, which I enjoyed. Okay. Well, that is all of the Disney princesses, what an Enneagram is and how we think they fit on that chart. Well, there is one more princess, but Carrie, uh. <laughs> Carrie considers her a Pixar princess <laughs> <laughs> not a part of it just because we both find her slightly <laughs> annoying and this is nothing to say against the type of enneagram that she is <laughs> um, i have no beef with merida okay i just you know it i just don't connect okay, with that I, movie. I, like I just don't think i connect with it she's okay yeah. she's all right um the scottish princess if you will we put her as like an honorable mention she's a type three a performer an achiever and also an eight a challenger which no one I'm sure is surprised. She's brave, she's strong-willed, and she's adventurous and slightly stubborn. So there is that. And with that being said. <laughs> Had to throw that in there, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have to give all the princesses. And if we did forget one, please forgive us. But I believe we have a quite extensive list. So yeah. Oh, yeah. We hope we did them justice. <laughs> Okay, like we said earlier, like if you guys agree, if you don't agree, let us know. Also, 
I hope you had fun like learning about these things and maybe taking the test for yourself to see what you are. I know we're both curious to see if you think it's accurate with who you are. Maybe if you have, you know, a really high percentage wing like I do, you know, 98% one and 97% the other. Um, It's just fun. And maybe take it again in a couple months to a year and see if you kind of changed. Yeah, I think all of it is, you know, to help develop your self-knowledge, your self-awareness, and ultimately that'll lead to transformation in the best kind of way. And you see that from the Disney princesses, and that's why you're able to see so many different types of winging and traits from each of them, and it's really unique and fun to do. So we highly suggest you take that test. And again, yeah, like Carrie said, let us know what you think and give us a follow on Fast Pass to Fridays. That is our Instagram. Give this post a like once it comes out and you can rate and review our podcast. We're up on Apple iTunes and we're also up on Podbean and you can just Google us and you will find our podcast that way as well. So thanks so much for listening, you guys. And until next time, have a fun Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya.